What's going on everyone? You're watching Emroy TV, the place to be, to move, groove, and grow. And today we have the homie, Chris Boogie Marcos, one of the co-founders, I believe, of Double Take Boy Band. Yeah. Uh, a very talented singer and current lead of American Idiot. He's, uh, I met him primarily through dancing, but then I found out he sang. So that, then it became a super fangirl. Um, <laughs> you sure saw, saw me when I got to see one of his shows. I was like crazy. Um, but. That's like my quick intro. I'm gonna let him introduce himself real quick about you know who he is, social security number, his availability, his Instagram, his Tinder profile, all the good stuff. Hello. So, yeah. I brought him. Hi, <laughs> Chris. Prepared. So let the crowd know who you are. Chris Boogie Marcos, dancer, singer, actor. Like Emroy said, yeah, I'm in a boy band called Double Take. Yeah. We're, we're more of a man band. A man band, but. Uh, <laughs> We cover boy band songs. We're the only one on the West Coast. Really? Uh, yeah, the only ones. So, there's, so you're telling me there's like a whole bunch of them in the East Coast? There's like a, a, at least four that we know of on the East Coast. Oh wow! So that's a it's a cause you know cover bands are such a and I'm aware that there you know there's a lot of cover bands, but I didn't think that you know there would be a gap in the market for boy bands. Right, and that's that's why we found it's such a great market and. Everyone loves nostalgia, you know, especially these days going back to the 90s and early 2000s. People right. love those jams. Everyone knows the words to them. So it's a it's a thriving business. Yeah. Thriving business. What got you started with, uh, just giving you guys a quick disclaimer, a lot of this is pure curiosity for me. And I'm, he, I didn't send him any questions. No. I just told him, this is a going to be a conversation based off my curiosity. <laughs> So, pretty much so and i'm the intent is that these based off these questions you know of someone who wants to start something gives you inspiration and an idea of like how you can get started as well and stop being a little bitch about it mm. so <laughs> so okay how long was it an idea like how long did you sit on it mm -hmm. then researched and then you finally took action and got the right people um, I, well, <laughs> I mean, I was actually brought into the group. Um, we were brought together by um, a manager in San Diego. And I wasn't in the first lineup of guys for the boy band. Mm -hmm. But I was brought in when uh, one of my friends dropped out. He recommended me. So I got in to do a one gig show in Arizona State Fair. I was booked for that gig. And then that was kind of supposed to be the end of it. Yeah. But... Uh, we kind of formed a bond and saw a market where people love this music and people love, you know, full-on boy band choreography, boy band harmonies. Yeah. So we kind of, as a group, stuck together and, you know, said, how, where, where can we take this? How can we make this a show? And so it's not just me. It's, it's kind of all the guys putting their heads together and really coming up with something special. So it already existed before yeah. you, were, or you were around, but then yeah. from your knowledge before that, was it just like, hey, let's get these people together and then perform? And then later on, it was like, okay, there's a legitimate market, mm -hmm. need in the market for this? Exactly. The, so what what we were booked for, um, the manager was was um, contacted and said, I need a band. He He's a country band manager, usually. Oh. But he had this idea of, well, do you like boy band music I have this idea for a boy band and they said yeah sure put a group together so he put a group together just for that one gig um, but after that we were kind of like well this is kind of fun and oh. people love this 
why not like take it other places? It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you do a show and you wish that you had more shows and more more chances to do it. Yeah, I feel that right now because I did. I just put together a project uh, with some friends. I think I invited you to do it as well. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For uh, the locking routine. Yeah, and I'm like, see what? And yeah, and then it was like a one-time thing. It's like, fuck, I just want to do. I'm like, oh, I need another hit. Yeah. Of just this of a performance. Yeah. With this group. Yeah. So the good thing about it is it, it's it's all open, you know, it, you know the possibilities and like the the opportunities. There there's so many of them. So we're we're kind of in that process where we finally got our solid two hour show and we're just pitching it everywhere. We're Shit. booked for places in October and November already, and we're just kind of like hitting the ground running. So are you doing that while doing this while at the same time doing American Idiot? Yeah. Fuck. I know what, it's what, a lot. Take us, take me through your day or week. Oh god! Like the schedules can fluctuate. <sighs> yeah. Souls and shows and all that. This, I mean, this past month has been absolutely insane. Um, American Idiot is all the way out in San Bernardino, and those rehearsals are kind of like set in stone. Have to be there from this time to this time. All those in between, like before, in between, and after rehearsals, I'm chatting with the guys. I'm choreographing on the side. I'm mixing music. Oh, you're mixing the music too? I, yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I wear a lot of hats in this group. Yeah, yeah, I, I wear a lot of hats. I feel yeah. Um, but you know, when I'm at rehearsal for American Idiot, I'm solely Johnny, the lead, playing guitar, acting, singing. I'm I'm there. That's and, that's what and I'm doing. I play guitar too. I'm playing guitar in this show. And you're acting it. Hardcore triple threat. <laughs> I try, yeah. man. I you're, just can't choose one, one the thing. Type, they're the type of people I aspire to be, but I'm a one threat. <laughs> I'm one dimensional in that sense. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of how it is in terms of the professional performance theater kind of realm. Uh -huh. Like, do, are, do they, I'm curious on your experience, do they mm -hmm. um, reprimand you if you're late? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Different productions have done different things, but. I mean, if you're late, that's kind of like the worst thing you can do. You get cut from numbers. Um, I've I've worked for companies that cut your pay. Really? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if that's legal or not, but I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're working non-union, they can do whatever they want. But um, yeah, it, it's that's probably the worst thing you can do. And, and it puts you in such a bad light with the cast. Like, why do you get to show up late and they have to show up on time? Like, that's uh, selfish, that's you know? So... Um, but for the most part, most companies schedule it out so no one's time is wasted and, you know, they'll stagger call times or release oh, okay. times, which is nice. Um, but yeah, be a professional. Show up on yeah. time. All right. So I'm going to take, we went, we went deep, like really quick. I'm going <laughs> to take it back real quick. Just an origin story Yeah. for you. Like, so like, uh, how old were you when you discovered singing, dancing, acting? Or mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they all came at different times yeah. in your life. Yeah. So like, how old were you? And then, I guess we'll start with Derek before okay. the next follow-up. So, I started dancing in, I would say, sixth grade. Um, really old-school style, like dancing in neighbors' garages and on uh, cardboard okay. boxes and stuff like oh, that. Sure. Yeah, okay. um, and I watched the movie Breaking and all those instructional <laughs> videos, you know. So, I that's where I started dancing. And then I started, like, doing high school rallies and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. I would always, like, sing in the shower. Was, and it was always boy band musics. <laughs> I have two sisters. I can only so. imagine <laughs> singing in the shower to Slipknot. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but yeah, and then in college, 
I had my own dance company and we performed around the peninsula and I had a couple of members that were involved in musical theater, like mm -hmm. in the community theater. And they dragged me to a high school musical two audition and said, we know you sing, like we've heard you sing, you should just do theater. It's like, ah, okay, I guess, you know, let, let me see what this is about. Changed my entire life, it was crazy. Oh, so you hadn't gotten any uh, actual classes or training no for acting. i mean not not for singing or acting i you know i went to classes for dancing in in the bay area but singing no not at all i was just like fresh and green wait so okay that, that just reminds me of the meme like when you go interview for a job you're underqualified for. <laughs> yeah um but a lot of the times like in theater at least from my experience being behind the table you see potential in people yeah. and you give them that's the great thing about community theater is you they give opportunities to those people that they see star quality in and and they give them the chance and then they give them the tools to really succeed oh that's what i love about theater so, so okay yeah how was your your first audition in acting? oh man um in acting or, or musical theater musical theater musical yes. theater yeah it was an experience so i usually you're supposed to have sheet music and and give it to the pianist and and tell them how your oh, song goes shit. okay i just went in and said i know this song that had that's another thing is you want to sing a song that's related to the show that you're auditioning for oh didn't do that i sang <laughs> uh just once like uh what i forgot who sings that song brian adams maybe i'm, I'm not sure it's an old song but it's an old like ballady 80s like slow song yeah and i sang it for high school musical 2 audition oh so yeah. they were kind of like oh so you don't have any music i was like no this is my first time it's like oh you've never been to a musical theater audition it's like this is my first one i was dragged here i have no idea what i'm doing and i just sang acapella no music and they're like okay okay and they just kind of saw saw something so dang yeah and then the role to be I ended up giving uh, getting um, Ryan Evans, Sharpay's brother. So he's like the dancer. That's kind of what helped me too. Is my resume had a lot of dance stuff on it. Yeah. And Ryan in my high school musical tool too. He's a dancer. Got it. So they're like, well, he dances and he has a decent voice. So why don't we see what he can do with this role? Oh. So yeah. Now I'm curious, like, because everything's like getting. How did you? How did you react when you got the ro the role? Mm -hmm. And then what did did you do any preparation when uh, yeah. when it came time for rehearsals? So I was ecstatic. Um, called my parents right away. Yeah, and I was like, so I, you know how I used to do plays like in elementary school? Well, I'm, I'm in this local theater play, and I got a lead part. That's pretty big deal for your first audition. Yeah, right, right. Um, so. Right away, I watched the High School 2 musical um, movie. Uh, the, um, this is the one where they were at that resort, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So uh, I kind of like studied that role first because I didn't know about... At this time, there wasn't YouTube or anything like that. So I just kind of watched the movie and, and watched the role. Um, I took singing lessons. Um, I showed my teacher at the time my sheet music, and I'm like... I don't know, like I, I knew how to read music because I played instruments growing up, so yeah. I kind of knew, but singing wise, I've never read music singing. Oh, so I was like, you need to give me like 
basic 101, how do I be in a musical? How, how do I do this? Um, but once we got into rehearsals, it was kind of like they take your hand and take you step by step through the process. So it, it was easy to learn and easy to follow. Mm. Yeah. And then that compared to what it is now, it's like you're, you're expected to know your shit, no mm. hand holding. Yeah, in a, in a way. I mean, uh, right now I'm, I'm in a production with so, some actors that are kind of just getting started. So mm. I kind of have to be that, you know, seasoned um, actor to help them or, or teach them in certain, you know, what do you call it? Um, etiquette, theater etiquette, and you know how to project or hit your marks or anything like that. Uh, so I'm kind of like that person now in my older age. Dang! Thankfully, we look young. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're actually 23, guys. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. <laughs> you you said you were from the Bay Area. When did you mm -hmm. know you had to take the leap to come to LA? And I, I get that a lot because I actually recently got DM from someone, I think they live in uh, I think Minnesota. Mm. And then she's got like an unsupportive family uh -huh. saying like, no, you're wasting your time. So it's like, it's a common thing. I feel like a, a lot of artists get yeah. to move to LA since it's where the in, in, majority of the entertainment industry is. Mm -hmm. like, how did you know when it was time to go? And how did your family or support system feel? Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact moment, but I think I just hit a ceiling where, you know, I was dancing with the dance company. I was doing lead roles in, you know, uh, local theater and I just wanted more. You know, I, I felt like I had at least the mindset to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And LA was kind of always, you know, the next stepping stone and taking that big leap and, and putting myself in the pool with, you know the bigger actors the the bigger shows mm. and you know the family fully supported it they always knew ever since i was a, a kid you know i was a ham i always liked to be in front of the camera and you know show off and whatnot a ham yeah what the hell? I've never heard ham, you never heard this i know hard as well for her, but not <laughs> not ham no, as people like... say like you're such a ham like you're obnoxiously like in I've never spotlight. heard this term. Really? <laughs> wow. Maybe that's just me. Um, but yeah, they, they, so they fully supported like the move to LA. They knew I was not too far where they couldn't, you know, come help me if I really needed them. You know, it's like four and a half hour, five hour drive yeah. um, from where I live. Um, so I'm in still in California. So they're like, okay, as long as you're like still kind of still close. Still in California? By. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've always fully supported. They come down to watch shows and dang, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so when you get to California, okay. Mm -hmm. Did you already know people coming here? I had a friend that I did local theater with um, back home that moved down here first. So okay. he was living here for about a year. Okay. Um, then I came down and we we moved in together. So he kind of showed me the ropes and um, we kind of grinded it out together. Yeah. Now he's in New York and he's like touring and and Damn, yeah respect. he's yeah he's he's doing great things. Shout out to Ken Neely. Um, but yeah, him him and I like left the eight three one and we were kind of like the two guys that were always landing lead roles in local theater and we went off to kind of pursue more thing more things. So we always had great support from back home. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So 
your first week in LA, our first year, what was that like? It was like tough. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, I was expecting to get a job, you know, a, a minimum wage job right away. It took me like two months to find a job. Wow. You know, just for just to pay bills. Um, so that was kind of stressful for a while. And then um, what, what year did you move then? 2011. Okay, so it's like we're still kind of recovering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as far as career-wise, I was very lucky because I had a manager back home. I used to teach dare dance. Oh, nice. And um, our director, she had connections in LA. Yeah. So she um, connected me to an invited call for an agency, for a dance agency. Um, and so I landed a, a dance agent within the first like six months. Nice. Which was That's, perfect. So wow, within their first six months, yeah. a lot of dancers like try to come to LA and still have a hard time getting an agent. Yeah, yeah. So I was very fortunate in that sense. So I was already in the rooms with you know people I watched on TV and and you know looked up to as choreographers. I was there auditioning with those people. Shit. Um, it was terrifying. Like, yeah, I was. What's up? Like, how was your How was your first audition experience for an agent? It 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 was hard because I was struggling with do I want to stay to true to who I am as a dancer, or do I want to try to adapt to what they want? Because, uh, and the good thing about that specific audition was I didn't know what they wanted or or what they needed or you know did they want a break dancer did they want a popper did they yeah. want someone that did crazy flips yeah so I kind of just stayed true to myself in that sense and just kind of showed a lot of personality and showed you know my versatility and they took me on right away luckily like timing is freaking everything in LA you know you never know when they're gonna need like an Asian dancer that you know, pops, break dances a little uh, bit. I was right in the correct timing for that one. So they, they picked me up and yeah, we're off to the races. Respect, dude. Are you still with that agent? No, that I'm with a different agency now. Okay. Yeah. Dang. So describe, I'd say like having to balance your, you know, you're, you're getting these gigs or you got your first agency, but the reality of like a working dancer, so some people are asking, yeah. can I just go there, get an agent and I'm good? Or do I have to get a regular job in the meantime while mm -hmm. you know, trying to do these auditions? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's hard. And the path that you think you're going to take to get where you want to go is not going to be that path. I've found that my my dreams and aspirations have changed a lot um, from you know from when I first moved out here just because of curveballs or, or anything that was thrown at me that I wasn't expecting but it's it's a struggle I mean one I always say get a job get get a serving job suck it up and you know get those jobs that are gonna allow you to practice your craft while you're you know, living, yeah, yeah, you have to live. So, um, those people that just like, all they do is dance and all they do is, you know, drain their savings. Those people don't stay in LA very long. So you, I always say, be practical about, you know, your living situation and your, your income. 
but at the same time you have to find those jobs and that balance to pay your bills and live comfortably because that fuels your arts and your creative you know intentions and, and all your endeavors that that basis of your living is kind of really important yeah i think that's a um a reality that a lot of people refuse to accept is a possibility mm -hmm. because you know people say there's a whole thing like follow your passion yeah follow your passion but doesn't mean your passion is going to pay the bills right off the bat yeah so and then uh and especially like me starting my first well my not my first movie, but uh vision paradox mm -hmm. it was like we didn't have i was only a freelancer doing it at, the, at first and i said to thankfully i had a quote-unquote regular paying job as a hip-hop dance theater artist mm -hmm. but still i think if your basic needs aren't taken care of then you take then you do things that are like short term you start doing desperate actions instead of actions that are like more long term right you know what i mean right because some people are like oh i'm only gonna do this if i can get paid because i need to pay rent next week mm -hmm. yeah so tell me okay now let's switch back to uh double take what kind of projects are you guys currently working on because i know you guys are doing shows mm -hmm. yeah tell me about any upcoming shows or any other projects you guys are working on so we have we're slated to play in lake elsinore um in the beginning of october it's a place called canyon cowboy we've been there before it's like a country bar it's really fun there and then we're talking to house of blues in anaheim for a halloween show oh nice yeah and i think there's like there's a place called Tin Roof. I, I forgot where that is. I think it's in Fullerton. We're doing that. But the big picture, um, we definitely want to pitch out to like the fair circuit because, you know, Arizona State Fair is kind of a, uh, one that we do every year, but we're trying to like kind of branch out and do more of those. And the cruise lines, cruise line oh. circuits, they would love a boy band show on a cruise line. So that's kind of like the next two year plan that and you know upping our social media game you know coming out with cover videos uh more you know instagram footage and and content and yeah just kind of getting our name out there more okay you, you touched on social media and obviously yeah. you know i have a social media company i'm, I'm curious now like how how are, is you guys are doing covers which mm -hmm. i'm like a huge supporter of because it helps bring people to the familiar and then they get curious about your other work it's like, yeah like covers are like the gateway drug your music <laughs> yeah that's how i view it yeah um like how are you guys leveraging social media for exposure mm -hmm. and uh, what are your thoughts on having a bit having a big social following in terms of the scheme of things? i feel like it's a, such a i guess an unnecessary evil i hate that yeah but, but for for some that certain agencies or companies take into consideration oh yeah for going into booking mm -hmm. which and then again i've heard stories from and i've seen witness over the shoulder people doing uh shortcut things in terms of buying followers mm. so like i guess that first question 1a would be how are you guys leveraging it for exposures uh -huh. what 1b would be like your thoughts on uh the whole follower vanity metrics generation mm. So it's it's tough because you know you want to have great footage on your social media because the that's what the clients want to see you know you can't just tell them that oh we have a boy band they're all great singers they do full on choreography they're like I want to see it 
Mm. So that footage is very integral to our, our pitching. And then once we're past that, the client will be like, okay, they're great. What kind of following they, do they have? What kind of crowd are they going to bring to my venue? Mm. And that that's kind of what we're working on now is you have to have a following and, um, for a client to be like, they have a lot of followers. A lot of these followers are going to come to my my place. Mm. So yeah, I'll book those people. So it, it's it's tough. We're 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 trying to get up there, but it's it's such a tricky game, it tricky is. game with social media. Um, but it, it is an element that's part of our industry these days. Like I, I know agencies that strictly have like an influencer um, department. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm aware of the, the yeah. department. I thought. You're gonna say like influencers only audition. I'm like, oh, no, ten k up. <laughs> Bye, everyone. But I've seen I've seen those like uh, those casting notices that are like, how many followers do you have? I'm like, what does that matter? Yeah. But it it matters. Yeah, yeah it's it's part of it. Try, yeah, and I explained like uh, the way, you, and you brought it up too. Um, that companies are trying to leverage the attention you have when they push when it comes time to push product. Mm-hmm. So it, absolutely. It, so it's become more, you know, not not just what I what can I do for this artist, but what can this artist artist do for me? Yeah. Not just through your talent, but in terms of the attention that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, what what social media platforms are you guys on, and do you guys have a primary one? Yeah, we're on. Um, well, we have our website doubletakeboyband.com. Um, we're also on Instagram, um, Facebook, and YouTube at Double Take Boy Band, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, are you guys on TikTok? We're not on TikTok yet. I've been pushing that yeah. hard. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you saw my stories a couple of days ago. Mm. Um, TikTok's literally like number six on uh, uh, Google Play. Uh huh. And. Uh, Oh, <laughs> and Instagram is number 23 and on the Apple Play Store TikTok's number 3 Instagram's number 6 wow so and then it's big worldwide and there's a lot of people a lot of articles writing about it right now mm-hmm. and uh, if things fall come into play or things fall in the right place mm-hmm. I think TikTok within the next year or a little bit more is going to be the next challenger or the potential challenger to take on Instagram. Wow. Much like how Facebook was the big dog 2008, yeah. 9, 10, 11, then 2013, 14, 15, I think Instagram started pushing out of, out of its place. Mm-hmm. Same thing's going to happen to TikTok. Interesting. I think, and I think it's, and for those of you listening to me right now, it's like if you missed the Instagram boat, and you feel like you've been trying to catch up and there's it's way too saturated and yada 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 i mean i, I think you can still make it it's just a lot harder yeah um tiktok is like i think the next gold rush mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of tiktok influencers already it hasn't penetrated mainstream yet uh, my friend who's a perler um he gets more business from tiktok just and within six months he got 30k Wow. And then, uh, and whereas he's been on Instagram for three years, he's still breaking 3,000. Wow. So it's like, interesting. Uh, I'm bringing that up because because um, you guys do music. Yeah. And TikTok is all about music. Mm. You don't have to worry about copyright. 
We don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and that's like the, the big thing that's turning off a lot of people too. Yeah, your shit gets muted or taken yep. down. TikTok is like free reign right now. It's the wild west of like how Facebook and Instagram were in its early days. Yeah, where like not a lot of there wasn't a whole lot of uh, regulation around your content, mm-hmm. um, which I think is perfect. And and uh, and if you guys, I don't know if it's allowed because you guys. You guys have original music too. We're working on some original stuff too. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you, if you can upload your original music there, other people can then do a dance to it. Oh, cool. So it's like, um, yeah, I think it's pretty. I think free or like, even though there's a lot of it, it's huge worldwide. The mm-hmm. advantage I think TikTok has over Facebook and Instagram is that it's actually in China. Mm. So and then that mean and China's huge. Yeah. India's huge. It's big in those two markets and those are two like densest populations in the world. Mm. So then that, I mean, there's just a lot of possibility. With wow. So people are okay. considering it like the next Vine, which I do see because there's a lot of people doing Vine-like sketches on there. Uh-huh. But I also see people being smart as hell with how they use the music there as well. Mm. So it's like... We'll definitely have to get on that then. I, got, I started taking it more seriously this week and I went from like 50 views per video because I was posting once a week mm-hmm. to like four five hundred views wow so like like every time i post wow so it's like it's okay. it's, a, it's a grab right now i'm saying like i'm gonna do that today yeah dude <laughs> get on it oh it's gonna be and you can do and it's like the better version of dub smash because originally it was supposed to be well prior to it being called tiktok it was called musically mm-hmm. and musically was obviously for lip syncing uh-huh but now it's evolved into something more and then i mean um Athletes are already on it. Snoop Dogg's already on it. A lot of celebrities are already on it. Mm. Uh, when I was working with Omarion, he was already on it promoting his music. Wow. So it's like... Okay. Okay. TikTok. I see you, TikTok. Yeah, so like... Uh, Gotta get in now. Yeah, heads up. Because yeah. it's gonna, a lot of people were asking, what's the next big social media platform? Because mm. you know, all these other platforms are kind of... Passing it, not are old already. Yeah, and Snapchat has slowed down because Instagram, right? Fucking jacked its yep. features. Yep. Smart yeah. though. Okay, so aside from, what do you do outside of your, from dancing and, like, how do you balance yourself out from the intenseness of rehearsals? Um, man, I'm, <laughs> I bowl in a bowling league. You do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, bowling's that's, that's like tight. it's a it's a family sport. So I um my entire family bowls and we did tournaments growing up and stuff oh, like sick. that. So that that's kind of like my my golf course is is the bowling alley. You know, it kind of like shuts everything out and kind of like in a way brings me back home. You know, even though like they're they're far away, like it kind of like gives me that nostalgia feeling. So I, I do that. Um, my girlfriend and I like to go out and, you know, try different foods and, you know, it's always the best. <laughs> yeah. Different restaurants in LA and, and whatnot, festivals and, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, just anything that promotes fun. Like I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. That. And I mean, I've been recently trying to work out more too and, and it's been helping a lot. Side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been helping a lot because I, I have more energy throughout the day to accomplish all the things that I have to. And um it's kind of 
I've realized how important it is, you know, for especially in in getting older, you have to like have a, a balanced diet. You have to, you know, be active, especially if you're having these long 10, 12 hour rehearsals. Like, yeah. Man, that that working out comes in clutch for sure. Yeah, dude, this is like things that we're talking about in our mid 20s. <laughs> 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 I wish we knew when we were younger. Yep. When we were 16. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, because like, when we were like, high schoolers, like, we ate whatever the fuck we wanted. Yeah. But like, now I'm thinking, like, damn, if we had the same eating habits and work ethic in terms of work ethic in terms of working out, I think we'd be like a whole nother level of yeah. preparedness for everything. Yep. Dude. Yep. I wish I, I knew all that a little earlier. Like I phased in and out of, um, you know, working out and staying healthy. But in that older age, man, makes a humongous difference. Do you have any like chronic injuries? I do. Which ones? Uh, Mine's are like knees, ankles, lower back. Every morning I have to freaking yeah. have some therapy of some sort. <laughs> yeah, mine are neck. Um, back. But, yeah. <laughs> It's usually neck, lower back, and, and my hips, my hip flexors. Oh, yeah, me too. Fuck. Yeah, man. Those are like fucked. Yeah. Oh, is it from in, how'd you injure it? It's, I think of all the stuff that I used to do as a teenager in, in my early 20s mm. you know, without stretching. And, you know, we actually have to warm up now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real thing. It is a yeah, real thing. Up. And so you, you mentioned about uh, how it gives you energy. How about sleep? Like, well, how, how, how many hours do you aim to get? Try to get eight every day. Yeah. It usually doesn't happen, but I aim for eight hours because anything, anything below, I would say five hours of sleep, that day is not as productive as an eight hour sleep day. Mm. It's just, I, I don't know. Like I've, I've come to a routine where, um, you know, I'll, I will be asleep within these hours and I'll wake up within these hours. And it helps that I have a dog because he wakes up at the same time oh, every day. So, okay. so and, you know, waiting to be taken out. So that helps a lot. Um, but yeah, man, sleep, I love sleep. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm trying to like bring more awareness to is like, mm. we work our asses off, but sometimes it's at the, at the expense of our own self care. Mm -hmm. And it's very, and it's right now at this current moment of time, it's a very cool thing to be like, oh, I got two hours of sleep. And like, three <laughs> hours of sleep, like, fuck, dude, how are you functioning right now? And some uh -uh. people do, you know, some fucking people do drugs. So yeah. Do but it's like, those are short-term solutions. Those are, those are, that's really the band-aid mm -hmm. of it. And then I think people underestimate the importance of sleep because how, how it makes you just function better. The longest I never went without sleep was six days. Oh my God. Because I, I was working on a super huge project in college mm -hmm. i slept it under the desks uh no i slept on my last day i slept under the desk of the public computer lab and i woke up because people like pulled a chair and I, someone kicked me awake <laughs> i'm like oh shit it's like time to yeah so oh my god yeah so I, I i i've been through those binges of not sleeping and i tell you man there gets to a point where you everything feels hazy Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to focus. And I'd much rather have like someone with, I'd much rather have 10 hours of sleep and four hours of super focused work 
versus three hours of sleep and 12 hours of trying to push through. Yeah. Because there's a difference of how your focus is. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts on the whole idea of like self-care or even mental self-care or mental, I guess, illness? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not in the realm of mental illness, but more self-care instead of self-sacrifice. I mean, I I don't know if this falls into this category, but I've been trying to get into meditation. Oh, hell yes. And uh, yeah, man, meditation's the shit. And it it kind of like centers you. And my mind is always thinking about the next thing. So like always thinking about what I have to do that day, when I'm going to do it, how am I going to get from this place to this place in this time? Yeah. Um, But that meditation I've been doing, like um, I've been starting off like 10 to 30 minutes. Wow, you went a hardcore to convert to me. I started <laughs> really? with five minutes. <laughs> um, and it's guided meditation. So it's um, it kind of like shuts everything out and just kind of brings you back to center and present and really makes you appreciate, you know, the things that you have and, and you know, your health, your breathing, like the things that we kind of skip over throughout the day. Mm. You know, just being so self-aware of all the things that you need to do or the people that you need to talk to, you forget about yourself sometimes. And I think it's been helping me kind of, you know, with those um, tasks that I have to do throughout the day. It's like, well, I had my 10 minutes to myself where I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to worry about, you know, the task. I can just focus on myself. And I think everyone should really take that time you know to kind of reflect and just um you know appreciate things that you have because then the rest of your day kind of those like things that you would usually get mad about or or frustrated about don't seem that important Mm. you know and it's i I think i like that just like five minutes to yourself ten minutes to yourself yeah so impactful because it's like everyone it's trying to pull you, it's trying to stretch you towards their agenda. There's things mm-hmm. that you need to get done. And a lot of people forget to take care of themselves first. Yeah. Um, it's like giving yourself a pat on the back, you know? Yeah. It's like you you deserve it. Yeah. Especially with the, the crazy demands that Western society kind of <laughs> asks. Um, so how, how long have you been meditating? Uh, I'm still pretty new to it. So I started maybe about a month ago. How, what was your first experience? Because I used to teach... Uh, with my company, FanBiz, every every rehearsal we had to meditate, mm. and then and I'm always curious as like the first time experiences in meditating. It was hard. My my girlfriend did it. Um, she's been doing it for a while, and I did it with her, and it was just really hard to n- focus. I felt like my post like my posture wasn't right. I was so focused on doing it correctly. Oh that yeah, I didn't okay. fully get the right experience, you know? And, but that's not what meditation is about, yeah. you know? It's it's kind of like freeing yourself and letting yourself be. Yeah. And it took me a while to kind of get in that mindset. And it didn't, it didn't really hit me until I went by the pool and did it and put my feet in the pool because they're like, you don't have to sit cross-legged. You, don't, yeah. you know, you can lay down, just be in a comfortable position. So I put my feet in the water, I sat up and I just was present and I was like, okay, this is what it's like. This is what I'm supposed to be. That's yeah. tight. That's a cool breakthrough to have to experience. Yeah. 
yeah, it was it was crazy. What, what app are you using? Are you using Headspace? Uh, I'm using right now. I'm using uh, just YouTube videos. Um, there's a guy, Jason Stevenson, that has like a great series of ah. of videos, and he, you know, he has ones that are for beginners. He has one more advanced ones. He That's has short ones, long awesome. ones. So it's yeah, he's great. That's dope. Yeah, I. I that's freaking dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember the main lesson that I, I always taught my dance team, our family is to family business, mm-hmm. is that because I know I, I noticed a lot of them feel anxious mm-hmm. in, within their first few sessions, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite lesson I always tell them like everything comes and goes, like the frustration you feel in rehearsal, the frustration for every day, this moment, everything comes and goes just like the breath. Mm-hmm. So just like just learning how to kind of appreciate it, appreciate the breath instead of just taking it for granted because this moment might have been someone's last. Yep. So exactly. Then they're like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've been doing it for a month. You, mm-hmm. you notice like a, a difference in terms of like your, I guess, headspace before and after because mm-hmm. you can't exactly do like. Uh, you know transfer, transformation Tuesdays or whatever transformations like oh I was 10 pounds heavier and I'm like 1% body fat now like we, can't, we can't do a before and after photo of, like, of our brain yeah um yeah I mean I always realize that after after a meditation my day it, it kind of floats it, it's kind of not 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 go, 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 because th- this industry, especially in, in LA, it's like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Now I can kind of like stroll and be like, let me take this in, let me take this in, let me take this in. Um, and it's more, I'm definitely more present. And especially um, like for this, this show, for example, it's a one show, which is very unlikely for musical theater. You, we usually get a run of like, three or four weekends but this is one show yeah and what meditation has helped me with is really taking in each moment and taking in every single second minute hour with this beautiful cast you know the opportunity that i have the show that we're, we're putting on really taking it for what it's worth and that one show really appreciating that one show that i have i like how you're, you're talking about appreciation Mm-hmm. of like where you're at where things are and you kind of kind of want to tie it into like people who just get out of college so to speak yeah and then they feel like they have to like say early 20s like us mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um they have to make it by 30 yeah by 25 be married by 21 like mm-hmm. they, and then they and then because of that mentality they don't really appreciate now how young they really are yeah so like um well i guess what would you have to say to someone who's like 20 who feels the pressure that they have to make it by the next five ten years or mm. even a year it feels like kind of pressure i mean one never lose that you know that hunger and that you know drive but at the same time it's okay to take a second and really take everything in, you know, take in your surroundings, take in the situation. Cause you know, that moment, I think to quote the office, um, (laughs) uh, there was a really cool quote that Andy said was, I wish you knew you were in the good old days 
while you were in it or something like that. Oh, you know, damn, you always say chills, right? right? So like you, you never know that you're in in the good old, good days, old days until it those are good. gone. You know, Shit, so it it's really like you don't want to look back on a situation and be like, man, I really wish I, you know, appreciated this more. Shit. That really hit home for me right now. Dude. I, feel, I feel that. <laughs> it's true, man. Like we, we keep on, you know, going, going, going and trying to do all these things. But sometimes you just need to stop and really be like, you know, I like, I appreciate this. Yeah. Shit. Because, <laughs> you know, like you can easily look, I'm pretty sure anyone who's watching can easily look time, look back towards a time in your life where it was like, damn, I missed that. Like, oh, I miss high school. Yeah. I didn't. When I didn't have paper bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> when I didn't have chronic injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm reminded that even more now that I, being a dad, because mm -hmm. you see him changing more and more. So I'm like, for me, it's like I don't want to miss it. Yeah, because it's like you don't get that time back. Right. So speaking of time, like, do you have a particular process in, I guess, time management? Do you have any hacks or <laughs> or uh tools you use not really i mean i like i said my brain kind of works forward so i'm always kind of planning on you know timing and and looking up traffic and nice <laughs> you know like those things are important because i hate being late to things like i'm always the person that's what? 15 so minutes you know that's on time right right <laughs> i'm a rare breed <laughs> So I'm always like 15 minutes early to stuff. I was 15 minutes early. Yeah, you were hella early. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> when, you, when you sent me the text, I'm like, I was in the middle of editing. I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta start getting ready. <laughs> but it took a lot more because I actually, this is actually the first time I'm actually using a two mic setup. All these extra lights uh, better look good. Better enjoy All it. this guy. <laughs> but yeah, man, just like kind of, I mean, I've always kind of been an organized person. You know, scheduling is really important to me, and I hate being late or wasting people's time. So I always make sure that I'm fully there. I hate wasting time <laughs> so fucking much. Yeah, this is yeah. It's like yep. one of my. It's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves, and honestly, I think it's one of the reasons I'm hesitant to hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because it's like I could be working on something for myself right now and it sounds super egotistical but it's also because it's part of it's because i have control of what of that outcome of what that looks like yeah uh, because sometimes when you hang out with friends like my okay going, going to love language my primary love language is acts of service so uh -huh. i like the idea of doing things and when i'm with people i like the idea of things i guess moving towards that yes yeah. kind of helps that yeah you know, we're kind of hanging out yeah at the same time and it's going to help in terms of content and like a grand scale mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but when like i have friends who the next thing is quality time i like if i'm going to spend time with people it has to have intent yeah we're for a hike we're gonna watch a movie we're gonna eat we're gonna intent is food mm -hmm. uh but i but i have friends who just like to lounge because that's their quality time um dialect mm -hmm. like they don't have to. so but for me that drives me nuts because we're just lounging and <laughs> not doing anything yeah so like they're just drinking and i mean i think i enjoy it there's times i do enjoy it and i crave it but like 90 percent of the time i'm like i'm gonna go <laughs> is that i mean you're is that how it is for you like yeah somewhat i mean i i do get that 
you know, that's some people's dialect and I fall into that category sometimes. But like you, I'll, I'll look back on a day and be like, man, I probably, sh I could have worked. I, I probably could have made some money today. Yeah. But then there's also that because then I also think of like, when I'm older, how close am I going to be with my friends in terms of retiring? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, at the end of it, your work, your, your job doesn't do a, give you a eulogy. Mm -hmm. It's like the, your kind of friends. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things like, okay, am I going to regret be not, not, I guess it comes back down to like, what's going to make you happy now and then forward. Uh -huh. But it's also like, will I, I guess the question is like, for me is like, will I regret not spending time with these people when I'm 80? Mm, I see. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, especially here, it's, it's hard to have friends. It's hard to hang out. You know, and it's hard to, to schedule actually seeing a person face to face because I, I have friends that, you know, are considered close friends that live really close by that I barely see just because oh, of scheduling. Yeah, and, you know, too. like work and forget down the street. Yeah. So it, it's hard. So it, it's definitely like you have to put forth the effort to hang out with someone. But at the same time, you're always like, well, is my effort going to you know pay off like yeah. is this worth doing yeah so it i i totally get it so i i think that's one thing I, I especially for those of you who don't live in la or don't live in a big city we do kind of live in that hustle hustle kind of environment and mm -hmm. i think with if you're the type of person who needs to spend time with them with uh, it's i guess be prepared to be flexible and even yeah. and even disappointed because mm -hmm. uh, it's not nothing against you. It's just like everyone here. Well, not everyone. A lot of people who come here have a drive and a dream to achieve. They're just doing actions that align with that. Mm -hmm. That make sure that it's serving the greater purpose of things. And mm -hmm. Sometimes like that involves sacrificing time with friends and family and partying. I mean, even the greats documentaries like. Kobe sacrificed family time. Yeah. Jason Kidd, all of them, they freaking sacrificed going out to parties. It's like, there's, I guess, if you have an ambition, you have to be willing to do what it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. But again, not at the not at the sacrifice of taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a very intense balancing act from being able to pull from both sides. Yeah. Some people go to the all the way to the extreme and they burn out, or they do nothing. And nothing progresses. Yeah. So like, um, okay, so I brought up burning out. So like, when was the worst burnout you've ever experienced? Do you experience hmm. burnout because you're so perfect? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, when was your worst burnout experience, and how do you recover from it? Um, did you recover? From it? Man, the worst burnout. I think I was working on two shows at one time, on top of you know working a part time job, and. I remember when those shows kind of ended, I got really sick because oh. often what happens with me is, you know, I'll align myself with a bunch of projects and I'll go, 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 go. Then when those projects are done, my body just shuts down is like, you need to slow down. Oh. So I got really sick for like a, a week and I spent a lot of time in bed and it was just because my mind works faster than my body wants to. Mm. And I, that's probably the worst one, but I, those really don't happen too often, especially because I'm on the self-care kick. But um, yeah, they, they definitely happen though. This is one of my questions I used to ask a lot. Like, 
tell me a time where you, things were like tough. Like, should I give up? Mm. Kind of tough. And what was the inner dialogue that you had to do to get to keep moving forward? Mm. I think there was an audition I had one time where it wasn't said, but it was implied that my face doesn't belong on TV. Oh. And it was a comment. Just a side comment that you overheard? Yeah. It, it, like, gosh, I don't even remember what it was for, but I heard that and I heard a comment about my, my eye, my eyelid. And my eyelid, it's always been kind of a sensitive subject growing up. And I've always contemplated getting it fixed or not fixed, but like, you know, worked on. And I always thought at what, at that time I was like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe my face doesn't belong on TV because it, you know, a lot of people don't look like me on TV. I, I get it. I get it. They're probably right. But it took a really strong support system to talk me out of it, to talk me out of getting an operation, to talk me out of uh, not moving back home, to talk me out of, or to, to talk me into, you're supposed to be doing this. Lots of conversations with friends and family that kind of reminded me that, no, there's, there's other things for me. And yes, I'm supposed to be doing this. And, you know, I go like, I'm sure a lot of people go through this stuff, especially getting 10,000 no's before you get a yes. Mm, you know, yeah. that it's, it's a normal thing. It's a numbers game. Yeah, yes. it really is. And it's nothing against you. And you know, if it, if it is a comment on your, your appearance or, or anything like that, then fuck those people. It, it's been a long journey of kind of accepting the way I look and accepting that this is this is me and this is what I'm rolling with throughout this career. Did you do that uh, that one, uh, I saw you on TV. Oh, that one, uh, the Oscars? Yeah, yeah. Was it for that song? Yeah, This Is yeah, Me, yeah, right. The Greatest oh, Showman. Dude, that song, I was, I was watching, I watched that movie on the plane. Uh-huh. I cried the whole movie, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be crying on the fucking plane right now, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, that's such a powerful, powerful song. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm just piecing that together. It's like your journey, and that's I, I don't know how, how I guess powerful that moment was. Oh able- man, you have no idea how many like strings that hit because for like, our audition tape, <laughs> we had to send a tape. Which I found that casting notice through a theater company that I auditioned for but didn't work for. Mm. And they're like, uh, you should you should submit to this. So the instructions were sing, sing a song, one, uh, learn this dance, and tell us what this song means to you. And in, in my tape, I was like, well, you know, being in this industry and not having a face that you normally see on billboards, having a lazy eye, I've had to deal with people saying no to me all the time, but like the song says, like, this is me, accept me for who I am. If you don't, I'm still accepting of who I am. Shit, I so body now too, <laughs> and that's, that was the great thing about that performance is that those people that were on stage had stories like that. And, you know, they were talented, talented people, but maybe had a lot of experience with 
physical features that people didn't want. Yeah. And just to be out on that stage on national TV and to, you know, look up and see Denzel Washington and Meryl Streep in the front Ooh, row. Yeah. Oh, that's it was like a culmination of my entire journey. It was like, I've stuck with my, like, I've rolled with myself all this time. This is where it brought me. So yeah, I'm, I'm on the right path. It's crazy, bro. I'm getting, just like, I'm getting a third round of chills right now. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking cool hearing that. Cause it's like, you're, you're, you get here, you're struggling for two months, trying to get a regular, just to get a, a job to pay bills. Mm. Now you're fast forward, like doing hella, uh, doing shows and now all the way to Grammys. Uh, Oscars, yeah, yeah, Oscars. Did you have an expectation of how long it would take? It's like, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be on this by next year. Or yeah, I mean, I I kind of um, set goals and and things like that. And especially when I first moved out here, I'm like, I'm gonna be on a TV series by this year. But like I said, the path kind of changes as as you go through it. And you're gonna take turns that you didn't think that you're gonna take. Yeah. So I've kind of come to, like, I still set goals just so I can still have the drive and you know really go for it. And it gives us like something to to aim for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I'm I'm accepting of the fact that it might not happen right away. It might not happen at that point. But it still could. Yeah. You know, it just won't happen on your timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it never happens on your timeline. Yeah, it never does. That's, that I think that's what's what's what fat. I think what made me excited for that story is like um, it it happened when it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and I think that's one of the things that who are like I don't know, maybe type A personalities or people who are first timers and want things to happen quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like it's really about because we don't have control of the goal we achieve. Like, like yeah. oh, like, like, shit, like, I want to make an extra $1,000 in a month. Okay, that's the goal, but it's always, like, what happens in between. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do the things that get you there, then it's not going to happen. And even then, there's going to be goals that we, we set for ourselves. And no matter how much work we put in, it's, like, it it, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, where it's discouraging for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, which is something, actually, now I'm curious about, like, when set these goals like er in your earlier days mm -hmm. like when you when you didn't hit these goals what was the impact on you and what was the process to continue striving for it because like mm -hmm. i said people are like oh damn i didn't make it in a year guess time to move back home mm -hmm. i mean i I'm, I'm the type of person that kind of takes uh, negatives and forms them into positives so i kind of use that as you know the driving force to work harder mm. and um i think that's a really hard thing for people to do but luckily like i'm i'm very like headstrong and i, I kind of like you know keep that drive and, and that motivation like the haters motivate me and like mm. all those no's motivate me to get to that yes mm. but again i you know i'm not perfect i i definitely have like those times where i'm like well maybe i shouldn't be doing this maybe i'm not good enough yeah but like I said, to have a strong support system is very important in this career. Um, people that can relate to what you're going through, uh, people that can lift you up, that can, you know, talk you through situations that 
you can't tell yourself. Mm. Um, sometimes you just have to hear it out loud, mm. you know, because you're not going to say that stuff to yourself out loud, you know, and sometimes you need someone else to like remind you of that, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Especially if you're in that tough spot, even saying some positive things are a little hard to hit because right now at that moment in time, it's like an echo chamber of like not feeling worthy. Yeah. But sometimes that one affirmation from someone else mm -hmm. is the is like the ripple effect to mm -hmm. change everything else absolutely next question okay so i'm just gonna jump topic though mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so when it comes to auditions mm -hmm. like how do you prep yourself like how do you set yourself up is it mm -hmm. and is it different from i'm guessing it's different from getting yourself psyched up for a show yeah it i mean it really depends on what it is some auditions you go especially like commercial auditions you you just be yourself and you know you take you take what you're given sides or a song or anything like that and you kind of put your own little twist on it because i even if i'm playing a character i kind of like to bring a part of myself into the audition room mm -hmm. so so that's that but i mean as far as musical theater auditions or anything like that like you you prep your songs, like you practice your songs, memorize your lines. I mean, yeah, it really so is depends there, on is there, is there things that you do like to help prep you mentally? Because what I just, I, everything in my experience in stance is like, mm -hmm. someone you, you can know the choreo, know the choreo, know the choreo, but then what I notice like people who can really perform are the ones who are most mentally ready. Yeah. Because when the pressure hits, it doesn't matter how often you practice, if your mental game is not point, you're gonna fuck up. Absolutely. I mean, I, I always kind of really focus on being present. Um, once I get in the, the room, I am in that room, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about, you know, the next thing I have to do. Those are my worst auditions is when I get in the room and I'm already thinking, well, what's traffic going to be like? Am I going to get back get to work uh, on time? Those are those are the worst auditions. Those those are the ones that I don't fully give my best performance. Mm. But um, yeah, before I go in the room, I make sure to go over my material and just really tell myself be present be present what what's some an advice that you would give to someone who is afraid to follow i guess their heart or their passion someone who wants to follow singing or who wants to but they feel a level of insecurity that's preventing them to go i would say I mean, I always preach just go for it. Like if you're really passionate about it and it's something you want to do, then then go for it. Because I mean, li living a life that you're not happy with is kind of not the right path you're supposed to be on. But um, as I've gone through this career, I've, I've noticed how important it is to stick with it. Mm. Like really give it time and, and have no have no expectations on the way it's supposed to go yeah um because i mean if you're if you're scared like if it, the the best thing to do is leap into it honestly like it's it's, it's, it's so kind of yeah deal. it's so cliche but i mean you have to dive head first into it all right so i think that let's finish it with one more question yeah i think, I think this, this question was inspired by lewis house school of greatness and i really like it and I'm taking it from and I'm implementing it here. So, all right, so you're at your deathbed. Mm. All your works of everything is gone, erased. It's not on YouTube, it's not on anything. Okay. And you only have what you're given a piece of paper and, and you only 
have one to three pieces of advice to become successful. Oh man. Okay. What would that be? Wow. Three pieces of advice. I would say <laughs> three pieces of advice to be successful. Yeah. Man. Um, pressure. <laughs> holy it's big, shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Um, I would say surround yourself with people that you love and love you. That's a really good one. Know that, know that you're worth it. Mm. And um, don't waste time worrying. Mm. That's all I got. Yeah, so, I mean, that's <laughs> principles because it's like, you can't, at this point, you can't exactly give tactics, but principles yeah. and men, mindset are important. Mm -hmm. All right, so where can people stalk you and, you know, send you dick pics? Um, yeah. 501 Ridge. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on all social media platforms, Chris Boogie with a Y. Um, you can also follow my boy band, Double Take Boy Band, on all social media platforms. And. Yeah. And TikTok starting today. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> All right, dope. Well, that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Emory TV. This is, might be on Vision Paradox TV and on my podcast. Uh, so make sure you guys give him a follow, show him some love, send him some really quality DMs <laughs> and on TikTok. Um, I appreciate you guys watching. And oh, call to action. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, share this with friends who you think might benefit from it, and hit the bell button so you guys are getting fucking notifications of when our shit comes out. Yeah. So, <laughs> thanks for watching, and I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.